the fact that the combination of technology then has the ability to grow confidence and that then kind of ripples out to a certain level of community within our steam lab it just gives these kids an experience that they've never been able to have before our goal is not only to help our children recognize their potential and see what other occupations exist for them but give them a space where they can hone skills learn skills and recognize their talents and be happy doing what they're doing Hi everyone, this is Helene and this is Coming From The Heart. Stephanie Koch and Mia Williams are here today to chat about their roles and contributions to the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City. This club has definitely become a hub for some incredible technical programs and Stephanie as the CEO sees this club as the scaffolding for the Atlantic City community. So we are really honored and so excited to speak to both of them and just learn about all these amazing things that they're doing. So hello, Alexandra. Happy Inauguration Day! Yes, we are. Well, today yes. is Wednesday, and then they'll be, you know, three, well, two and a half days into their presidency by the time it's Friday, and what a monumentous and historic day it was in ushering an era of hope and change and equality and equity and the end of COVID-19 Hopefully, I was watching the press briefing tonight and I just, I just admire the transparency that they're bringing to the office, their care for the people, and uh, we cannot forget our girl Kamala. No, absolutely not. But you know, I'm also thinking about, of course, not just the inauguration, I'm thinking about the interview that we are going to have with Stephanie and Mia. I know we had a bit of a pre-conversation with them about a few things that the club is up and doing, but I'm looking at both situations. And when I say both situations, let me, let me clarify here. Of course, the inauguration and all the festivities and all the hope and dreams of what we're all wanting, clearly, but that's more or less what the Boys and Girls Club are doing right now in Atlantic City. And that's really what many clubs are doing around the nation is to give inspiration, hope to so many children who of course would not have the means or the support to be able to be in programs such as they're offering. And we're gonna talk more about that on the interview, these technical programs, these something called STEAM, which we'll get into detail about kids building robots, Apple, which is now collaborated with this particular club to give iPads and support uh, wonderful things. And of course, as these children grow and morph, the hope is that these children become a part of the community. And I really think about, you know, going between the inauguration of, of hopes and dreams of what our nation, I think what I'm trying to say is I'm trying to do a parallel. juxtaposition, a parallel between the two. Hope, promise, really in both situations. And I feel that in both situations, whether it's a Boys and Girls Club and wanting to make change, and which is clearly that they're doing, so is our nation. 
and I feel that though everyone needs to be united and that's pretty much what I got out of the speech today when I heard Biden give that earlier I guess it was around 12 o'clock or something like well, he that. He got sworn in at 12. Well, then it was after that. You were sleeping at one point. I don't know. Thank goodness for YouTube and watching the up latest updates on CNN, because I was in and out of my car, and I was trying to watch as much as I could. But it's really, like you were mentioning, it's about transparency of what they're trying to convey to the public. Because let's face it, the public has just been so in the dark about so many different things during the Trump administration. And I feel that yeah, we all just want to move forward and just have a better life and move on from COVID. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going back to the parallel between the Boys and Girls Club and the Inauguration Day, they are both paving the way for our children and Absolutely. the upcoming generations to come. And Kamala is... I just love Kamala so I, much. I, we do. Because we do. She, she's an inspiration, and she just talked in her speech about basically the comparison or analogy of, because her mom was a researcher, the innovation that has to go into research and the patience that also has to go into research. And, you know, if you think about it and you stand back, like, we're all kind of doing an experiment together to figure out our life and what this administration can do is go back and be like, hey, that didn't work, let's try this. I think it just gives such hope to so many generations that you could say to your child, look, look at this, there's a woman and she has such power. Not only is she the first vice president that's a woman and of course, you know, the second gentleman, but also she's the first black woman. She's the first yes. uh, South Asian woman. Yes. Indian and yeah we posted today on our Instagram about how my mom and I walked in the Women's March in 2018 and the courage that so many women had to go out and protest you know Gloria Steinem and in the 70s and even before then that she is the epiphany of what they were trying to cultivate and pave the way and I am really proud to be an American today. I'm proud to be a woman today. Yeah. Yeah. And an American. To all the women out there, to our listeners, to people who are of different cultures, of different ethnicities, we all feel today, we look to Kamala and say, hey, yes, we can have a voice. Let's continue to have that conversation. Let's be not second class. Let's let's have equality in our jobs and so forth. So yeah. breaking and equity. Too. Yes, equity, of course, and breaking the glass ceiling. There's just so much involved with her being in this power position. And I was also thinking about children that will be born in 2021, that they're not going to know anything but yes. a woman in the White yes. House. And, you know, it'll be interesting to have to explain to them, well, you know, that's not how it always was. And clearly it should have been for quite a long time. But what I was also yeah. thinking is how Biden served with Obama being the first black president. And now, of course, he brought in first Kamala. Black, yeah. yeah. So, Joe, we love you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there'll be a new dog in the White House. Yes. Let's talk about dogs and presidents. Uh, you know what? It says something that Trump never had. A well, pet. I think it. OK, let's not completely throw under the bus. We you know, let's move on. Fresh and start. I, and I think, though, that it's a good point that a lot of the press conference tonight and all the speeches didn't mention Trump and didn't want to look past because we do really need to move forward. But they're using what has happened to ignite them to move forward. Well, no, I think that's well said. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Look, reflection. We 
all reflect, unfortunately, to things that have happened in the past as to what is going to happen in the present. But I feel like it's the situation where, look, everybody knows what it was. It was only hours ago. He's only in in, <laughs> in this job a day. And I actually Less was, than a day. I was laughing almost to myself when I was listening in the car to CNN about, you know, during the press conference, reporters were asking such specific questions. And she did such an, an amazing job. Jen Powell. Jen, uh, yeah, I have to get Jen. Yeah, she, Jen, you did an amazing job because I think she was very affirmative. Yeah, in Pisa her. Jen Pizaski. Jen Pizaski. She as she answered these questions quite eloquently, to the point. I felt I felt elated because oh, yeah, the press felt validated. You could just feel that they felt lighter being able to actually have a press conference and that, have a voice and have a exactly and have a voice. And that is what our podcast is about: is to feel validated and have a voice. And I think that's what everyone wants. And to be able to have free press to say that it's not fake news, to say that there's not a witch hunt going on. Look, everybody out there in our coming from the heart family, you can make your own decisions. I mean. And that's America. Look, you can decide whether you like black or white or pink or purple or whatever you choose. But to be indoctrinated constantly with mantra to make you think like, hoo-hoo, I'm going crazy. Yeah, you should have your own opinions and you should check out both sides to really hear what's going on and, and listen to many different mediums of, of media. But again, I felt just, I just felt elated. Yeah, yeah, she's a mom. And one of the questions was a reporter asked about, you know, school openings. And yes, I love that she spent time with Joe. They were saying tonight that all of the former presidents, yes, um, yes, press secretaries, they didn't really know him. They didn't have a connection to him. She has like open access to the president to be able to really ask these questions and deliver the news and truth accurately. Mm -hmm. And she reflects upon being a mom. Um, and there's just a source of it just felt like so normal yeah <laughs> genuinely compassionate yeah because yeah, you know yeah. besides being this role of mm -hmm. you know press secretary yes. she's a mom yes she, i didn't know i didn't i, I didn't even she, know that actually yeah, yeah and she can relate to the american public mm -hmm. in that way but mm -hmm. let's go back to dogs for a quick minute well i mean okay so let's just and also what i just wanted to touch upon was the former presidents who were there to support bill was there bill clinton mm -hmm. and then you had of Hillary. course george no i'm talking about presidents i was into. oh yeah <laughs> i'm talking about actually the presidents who got went it. to arlington with the bidens and their family and so forth to honor all the soldiers that were lost but also to honor his son that had been in afghanistan but let me get back to the former president so you had George Bush, you had Bill Clinton, and then who else am I missing? And Obama, wow. of course. Hello. Yes, we had Barack. And it was like, wow, all these people are there together. And I feel like it's in any type of a job that anyone would get. You always want to ask people that were in that job, hey, give me some advice. Give me some strength. Give me some intuitiveness to what I'm about to get into. Of course, you know, Biden was the vice president, so he had that experience working with Barack for eight years because it was a back-to-back -back administration. And that's actually one of the things that I think Joe mentioned, that he felt like he was coming home. Yeah, he did. 
did say that. And I feel, wow, that is, that's kind of how I felt when I was going back to one of my jobs. And I think that is sort of like, and yeah. starting this podcast too, coming home. Yes. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say too. I feel like yeah. when you know that you're in the right place or in that right space, yeah. it just works yeah. and it feels good. Yeah. And also to the fact that they got, Kamala and of course Joe got down to business pretty, pretty quickly. But let's also talk about sanitizing the White House. Okay. You know what's so funny? <laughs> so I was watching it today and they're like, guys, don't worry. We really made sure because we know that, that they weren't taking the proper precautions because yes. yes. COVID was rampant. Yes. And they said, don't worry. They make sure they yes. sanitize and yes. clean. And I was thinking about the desk. I mean, is that a new desk? Well, he did you leave know? it out. Again, I, f I believe or I know or shall I think I know or whatever I know that uh, Joe was very eloquent and very respectful to the fact he didn't exactly read the, the note out loud, obviously. No. He didn't really comment exactly on the content, and he was respectful. Well, and yes. also, too, you know, you don't want divergence from what's really important and going on, and I think that's what his message is, is that things have happened, and there's been a lot of chaos, but let's focus what's important, and their main objective is getting COVID under control, and Absolutely. the yeah. climate crisis, and so many other things and just you know helping Americans get back to normalcy yes yeah. back to work get you know move on with COVID obviously right now they're trying I think it's tomorrow they're going to start talking about the amount of money and also the different facilities that will be set up throughout the country for COVID vaccines yeah so yeah I keep forgetting to talk about dogs but I'm going to put that on the back burner oh, okay. for one second okay because I like how you said that when Joe came home, mm -hmm. he felt like an alignment. Yes. And I think that we've talked in many different conversations on and off the podcast about when you feel aligned, when you're in tune, you feel it within yourself that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the right thing. And it's something that uh, we were watching the movie Soul the other oh day. Oh, my God. Yes. And um, guys, yeah. if you haven't watched that, definitely check it out. And we're going to be actually talking about Soul with an upcoming guest yeah. of ours. Should we say his name? Yeah, or let sure. Can you say it and say it? Yeah. Why not? So AJ Sacracone, and wow, what a powerful conversation that we had with him, and we're so honored to have him come on, and we won't spoil what soul means, and I think from the title alone, you know that it's going to be a powerful movie, mm -hmm. but what I took from it is finding the spark, and there's this quote at the end that said, or I mean, is that a spoiler? Should I say it that? It is a bit okay, of a spoiler. Okay, so if you haven't watched this, skip over this part. They said that you know everyone's like searching for what's their purpose in life whether it's a job or you're in college like I am or you're just trying to find like everyone is including myself it's like this straight arrow path of what am I going to do and you know I think it's a dumb thing that people ask you oh like what do you want to be when you grow up and mm -hmm. I think I saw this in Michelle Obama's book and she agreed with me that you can't really ask that question because you don't know where life is going to take you. And they call it in the movie, what's your spark? And I said that to my mom when we started this podcast is that she got her spark back. And the spark 
you know, doesn't necessarily need to be your purpose, but the spark is little things every day that bring you joy and like make you happy. And it really made me realize how much more present I need to be. And I think though, going back to feeling aligned, you know what your spark is. I was walking and I was dancing like on my walk tonight and you feel happy and it's this feeling within you. It's just when you know. And so even in his speech tonight, Biden talked about the fact that more than politics and more than anything, he wants people to make decisions from their gut, go to their heart and then come out their mouth. And I just thought, when, when did he say this? I don't know, just a couple hours. Okay, just, that was I was CNN just so touched yeah. by that. Yeah, yeah. That really speaks upon his character, mm -hmm. who he is as a person, but also the fact that he's in alignment with wanting to make good decisions, not just for himself, but for others. And that we all know that this is the time that we need to heal as a nation. What more can I say? I think that the people that he chose to be in his administration are in tune for what they're supposed to do and help the country. That was a lot. I, and I tied it well <laughs> together, I think. Yeah. The I only really thing that you, you, that you didn't bring up is AJ. Oh, my God. Well, no, I said that AJ's conversation, per, like, made me think. Oh, really okay. Made AJ think. made her think. I just, oh, felt, no. I just felt inspired by it. And, all, and I, no, but it goes to your point, that being in alignment with whatever you do, I think that's, like, a great advice that you gave, that you, that's, that's when you know you found your calling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I also feel that sometimes I wish I knew me when I was your age. Well, that's why you, that's why you're giving me good advice. Yeah, because as they say, as you mature and you morph and you grow, not just a chronological age, but within yourself, that's pretty profound. Mm -hmm. That yeah, I feel like hopefully at some point you can eventually start steering that ship and that, you know, you can really decide if you're fortunate enough or financially fortunate enough, or even if you're not, you know, maybe you can try to make some sacrifices along the way that you could get out of something that you truly don't do not feel passionate about, whether, you know, a job of situation or whatever you're or in relationship. or a relationship, because you feel so liberated. I was thinking about that tonight when I was driving home. I was listening to the other podcast that I do enjoy. A bit of optimism. We love you, Simon. He's always so thought-provoking. And what I was thinking is, God, I feel so lucky to be doing this podcast. And I say it all the time, and I really do mean it from my heart, and my interns know that, and you know that, that the podcast is just like, it defines everything that I've ever experienced in my life, job-wise, personally, and I feel that I'm just, it, it, I'm ready to do this. I mean, I believe that if it, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I would definitely would have not been in the same headspace or the same person to do it. So yeah. I'm lucky, very, very lucky, lucky, of course, to be doing it with you. And also, yeah, I just to comment back on Joe's comments and so forth. He definitely is of the people. Yeah. He got into the race because he cared. And clearly, you know, he had quite a a long history of doing so many things politically that he didn't need to have to do this in his life right now. He could have gone off and done service in other places. And I believe his son, whoa, was definitely an inspiration for him to take on this opportunity yeah. to go into the presidency. And all I have to say is thank you, Joe, 
Mr. Biden, President Biden, for doing so, because gosh, we need you now more than any anything yeah. in the whole world. And I am optimistic, as I always am, that we will definitely get through this altogether. I believe he's making some incredible mandates. I wish that, quite frankly, this nation could be locked down for a little bit of period of the time, even though people may not agree with me, businesses and, and so forth, so that we could then come out on the other side. The more that we pull back and then go back to people's normalcy, it's going to be more difficult to actually move on from COVID. Trust me, COVID is not ever going to go away. I don't believe it's a magic wand that's ever going to be in the air and the, and the wand is waved and it goes bye-bye. It has a lot to do with the people around you who care about one another to wear a mask. He's mandating masks now in all federal buildings. Of course, that includes the House of Representatives, Senate, and all those buildings where people were just sort of <laughs> running rampant and not wearing a mask and infecting other people. And yeah. now they're people do have COVID because of that irresponsibility, shall I reference that. But yeah, we'll see what happens as as this mandate can possibly morph into other institutions as well. You know, maybe when you go to the post office, they'll mandate that. Like, there'll be federal certain places where it'll have to be worn. I'm thinking not, of course, just in everybody's hometown, but throughout the whole nation. And what I also liked is that I think she was referencing his press secretary, that he wants them as his unit, as his group of people who are surrounding him to take on that challenge. I think he referenced it as a challenge. And I thought, well, that's awesome. I should have thought of that because it's almost like when they had, I believe it was called the ALS challenge, the cold water mm -hmm. challenge and yeah, all that thing, the yeah. ice bucket. Exactly. I think when people hear that, instead of, oh, this is a mandate. It's all about verbiage. It's all about language. You know I'm all about that. If you say to someone, take that as a challenge, they'll be like, hey, yeah, I'll bring that on. But if you mandate it, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. So it's a very interesting way I believe he's going about it. And then I just, like I said, I just hope that people now can just be a little bit more responsible. You may not have liked him as a person. You may have wanted somebody else in that presidency, but clearly we all do care about our loved ones. We don't want people to get sick. We don't want people to die. There's been 400,000, if I'm saying that correctly, something I like that. I lost count. I believe, of yeah. How, how, of how many I, people have died. Well, I, I've heard, I believe that was the number that they said today. I, I may be off a little bit. And I thought, Jesus, like, is that unbelievable? And there were sets of flags that they had yeah. set up to honor. And of course, he took the, the moment of silence this morning during his speech yeah. to reflect upon yeah. this insanity yeah. of what this has become. Yeah. So um, that's my piece. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in this organization actually called BBYO, and it's a, like a pluralistic Jewish youth group. And they have so many different events, and one of them is their, well, now it's going to be online. But it's a annual, it's called IC, it's an international conference. And one of the speakers, when I went, I'm aging myself here, like you 2015, um, there was a guy, his name is Alex Banyan, and he wrote this book called The Third Door. And it's all about different opportunities. My mom always said this, you don't have to go through the front door. You don't have, it's like going around and going through the side door. And however you make it in is how you get in. And I saw that he posted today on his Instagram or Twitter or whatever that Joe is using all of the grief that he went through as a way to heal the nation. And I thought, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. How powerful is that? Because in a really, really messed up, horrific, sad beyond belief way, just makes someone a person and it just makes them be able to connect and understand. And ultimately, people are people and we always want, and we said this in our very beginning episode, treat people the way that you would treat your family. See people for who they are. Treat people with respect and kindness. And ultimately, I hope that is what is to come with these next days, next hundred days with their vaccines. And yeah, yeah, I'm feeling really positive about it. And Joe has gone through a lot of personal tragedy. And if anyone knows that, that's him. So I believe he, he, you know, he has this heart of gold to to give that to everybody else. You actually saw him at Rutgers. I did see him at Rutgers in 2017. It was actually... Actually, should we talk about our upcoming episode? Yeah, so when Joe came to speak at Rutgers and I'm like, now I saw I saw the president speak and we actually saw Hillary speak mm-hmm, in 2018 mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. Rack. God, I miss being on campus. If you yeah, know, I miss... Right? She misses me. I actually miss she you miss, being on I campus. I miss being on campus. So anyway, he came to speak about sexual assault on the college campus. Yes. And how it's not okay. And a lot of survivors, well, we're going to call them thrivers, were able to speak on that day. It was my sophomore year and yeah it's definitely a moment that has stuck with me and inspired me and recently if you've listened to our episodes you know that Novi and Kim and some other people have come to us with their stories and my mom and I were talking about how yeah hashtag me too was 2018 you know you had Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington and all these different people Ali Reisman all these people come out and talk about their story and the prevalence of me too was such a hit you know if you want to call it that or a trend in 2018 and then the world kind of changed COVID hit and that conversation really hasn't been brought to light in a long time and so what we want to do is bring to light this conversation and we're so fortunate to say that we've made such connections with different people that are going to come aboard mm-hmm. and speak with us talking about sexual assault on the college campus is so prevalent and really sadly it's rampant and not speak, uh, spoken about enough for several reasons that we'll get into yeah we're gonna have a few episodes yeah we're gonna have a few episodes and we're also gonna talk about it in the realms of the military and a lot of different aspects we're gonna bring on therapists life coaches Mm -hmm. spiritual yeah spiritual anything you want to add no I mean I think that's kind of giving people sort of something to tune into look forward to as far as a conversation because uh, we're gonna just blow this out yeah and also which we didn't include is not just sexual assault on in those venues that you were referencing but from the internet national perspective as well yeah. where um we have a podcast person that may be talking a little bit about that as well yeah from, so from other country we're, and we're open to if you have dealt with sexual assault and you want to become a part of the episode please reach out to us and look we know this is a really sensitive topic but we know that it's something that needs to be talked about and the the conversations that we've had so far just speaking to the people that are coming on our episode they've given us chills Oh, yeah. Because it's so hard to define what sexual assault is and the experiences that people have had, but how they're such warriors and how they have been able to persevere. And we're definitely going to get into the mental health aspect of, you know, unfortunately, 
the event happens, but what happens afterwards and how does this affect someone's psyche and, you know, life. Yeah, yeah, an ability to function. Yes. So we're going to get into that and more episode will probably air March, March, yeah. early March. March. So, but let's, you know, that was a lot of heavy and light before we get into things. We always love to do a bachelor recap. Oh, well, I'm going to give the floor to you about Dale. Oh my God, guys. Oh my God. You just yelled in my ear. I'm sorry. Dale and Claire. Uh, you guys know if you keep up with us on Instagram, follow us. Coming underscore from the heart podcast. Keep up with us, all our news and more. Dale and Claire. Okay. okay. I, uh, first of all, I don't know if that's just BS. If that's bullshit. D- are they doing it for publicity? Why would they do it for publicity? I don't know. I don't they, know. Okay. I posted a series of stories. One was Dale posted it, not Claire. I haven't checked her feed today, so don't don't mark me. Dale posted that him and Claire had broken up. But then there was like a story from January 5th that they, you know, were celebrating New Year's and it's just like, what happened? We want to know the deep dive of of how how it went down. Honestly, if it is true. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel bad for Claire. I mean, she's been through a lot. It's, it's, it's what it is. It's like this, I don't know if it's a spin on reality television of, I mean, clearly there are relationships that stick and that work and it's not all just bullshit after a while, but you know, we might be having someone come out to uh, talk to us about this at a future date. Yes. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not going to ever give a spoiler alert to what I'm talking about, but you guys will know what I'm talking about soon enough. Soon Soon enough. enough. We may have someone to talk further about this. We might, we might have some insight but yeah I do really feel bad for Claire because my god they were like I'll use this word that's not really used they were smitten yeah they they seem to be smitten but what does that really tell you I mean I don't know I just think that there was such um, an infatuation Alex is going to be like, you guys, shut up. We're talking about The Bachelor. Oh, my God. I think that they were so smitten, and they were just so, I don't know, in love. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're we're thinking about you, Claire and Dale. And now Matt James and Victoria, Queen Victoria. Uh, She's so, you know what it is? I mean, again, look, it's reality television. Why do you feel that she, I don't even know how to say this. Why do you think she's still there? Okay. Ratings. Ratings. I'm sorry. She has the ugliest dress on. Was it last night? It looked like something I would have found in my closet. Like the 80s. But honestly, I didn't even dress like that in the 80s. I dressed a lot nicer than that. No, we don't like to to hate on her. No, I don't want to hate on her. But she's, I have to say, last night's episode, really for all of those girls, shame on you. I just felt that, okay, I don't know if you watched last night's episode. It was actually Monday. Mondays, I'm sorry. I just felt that, I don't know, the energy and the nastiness and the daggers of all those girls... They should really have been ashamed of themselves because I just they they were bullying and not even one person stood up for Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. And quite frankly, look, a lot of people go on reality television for various reasons. Clearly, she had a lot going on. She could have had this connection with him or not. But I don't know. Sarah and Matt. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. But I also feel like. Honestly, how do I say this nicely? And then we just got to wrap this, Alexandra, is that I kind of lost a little bit of respect for him last night. I did. I I did lose a little bit. Not little. I actually did. Yeah, I think I just lost respect for him. Why? Because I felt like he should have gone in that room after she left and said, 
what the hell is going on here? You know, he's not used to this atmosphere. But she was saying to him that these girls, I mean, she told him, they're bullying me. And he didn't say one word, I don't think, to any of these women. These are like, you know, 20 plus year old women. You know, you're, it's like not that they're teenagers or whatever. And regardless of the situation, it just, it made me feel that bullying others is okay. And I really would have just, I'm sorry, as the producer, I would have just wrapped it up and been like, you're all going home. We're bringing in a whole new group of girls. Because even though you can be catty and you can be bitchy and there's always that one, you know, who kind of is the drama and that's why everybody wants to tune in to watch what's going to happen. And it is reality television and so forth and so on. They were mean and nasty and they were bullies. And yeah. I thought that that was disgusting because if there was any young person really watching that show, it made it seem like that was okay. And it's not okay. Look, we just ended a presidency of bullying for four plus years and we've gone through that. And I don't think it's something that should be emulated. End wow. of story. Well said, as my mom always says to me. Yeah, I just really think well so. said. Yeah, since so they should just have ended it. No more. Done. Well, you know, I really hope that in the next episode he comes on and does something about it. Yeah, I, I don't think he did anything about it. And well, I think that yeah, that's we'll see. gross. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Well, but. maybe I'll speak to our future person. Mom, you're the, <laughs> Mom, I, she, she's really excited about this episode. So, guys, get okay. ready for the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. And, I mean, people that are local to the area or from America might know about Boys and Girls Clubs. But Good we point. do have Good international point. listeners. Yes. We have our friend Ella from... From Australia. Yes, we and do. Not everyone knows what the Boys and Girls Club is. You want to just give a quick definition or what that's all about? I mean, yeah, well, well what countries are listening in now, Alexandra? We got to pull up the stats. We did transfer to Anchor, guys. So, hello, Anchor. Shout yeah. out to them. They're a great hosting site. We have um, all different people Iran, France, who else? The UK. I think we've had Mexico before. We're really fortunate to. Uh, we're doing it in our house and our voices go everywhere and we're honored to have you guys listen with us. So basically the Boys and Girls Club on this particular club that we're going to be talking with these people, Stephanie Koch, who's the CEO and Mia Williams, who is a Hater. educator. Yeah. yeah. Boys and Girls Club of America, BGCA, is a national organization of local chapters which provide voluntary after-school programs for young people. And it states it's the organization which holds a congressional charter under Title 36 of the United States Code. It has its headquarters in Atlanta with regional offices in Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York City, and Los Angeles. So it's just an incredible resource that children can tap into yeah. and take advantage of, for an example, in Atlantic City, what they're doing with technology. I always like to clarify, it's not like a babysitting service where you would drop your kids off, but it definitely is a pillar of support for local inner city kids that um, unfortunately may not have the means to have the proper technology to really take them into our next century. Yeah, so, and yeah. it's a program, too, about mentorship and Absolutely. guiding them on the quote-unquote right path, but I think everyone needs a mentor in their life. Everyone needs guidance. Everyone yes. needs support system, and they've done an amazing job with these crazy times of COVID and uh, we're going to go more into that but to wrap up this conversation and kind of tie everything together going back to being aligned
alignment and looking forward to the future. Mia and Stephanie are definitely in alignment with what they're doing, and I really think that they found their purpose with helping these kids of the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, well said. Anyhow, well, I think it's time to have a chat with them. Yeah, and before we do that, let's just thank our partners. Thank you, Play Out Apparel. Every week I say the same thing, and I'm going to change it up a little bit because I want you guys to really appreciate how amazing this company is. In the time where we're all about change and hope, they're really doing that for the LGBTQ community. They support Black-owned businesses. They support Planned Parenthood. And they're just really a beacon of light for paving the way forward for how companies should be. We're a partner of them, and all of their partners choose a specific charity that they want to donate to, and um, we're just honored to always be working with them. So go to playoutapparel.com and use promo code HEARTPODCAST. That's H-E-A-R-T podcast. 20% of your purchase goes to immigration equality. That's the leading LGBTQIA immigration rights reform. Again, go to playoutapparel.com. Use promo code HEARTPODCAST. The link is in our bio, and you can click right on it, and it will direct you to the site. Also, thank you, Greek Glasses. They're an amazing company, and as I always say, Everyone loses their glasses, but everyone wants to look cute and stylish. They're affordable, and yeah, they're just so cute. So go to greekglasses.com. That's greekglasses.com. And use promo code ALBE40 for 40% off your purchase. The link is also in our bio, and we want to see your glasses and your outfit. Tag us in your stories, and we'll repost. Wow. Did I miss anything else? No. Oh, we announced Electric Yoga as our partner yes. on our Instagram story. Yes. So give a round of applause. Stephanie, will, who started and is still involved in the company, is yeah, going to she's be coming on. Yeah, and these are the, I have to say, the most incredible, comfortable. I've had these on since like 10 a.m. this morning. And, and you now, got so many compliments. I did. So, Stephanie, we are, gosh, I can't wait to talk to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, and, that's it, guys. Bam, bam. Well, yeah, I want everybody to sit back and relax, Alexandra. I'm just so hyped for it. You've been having so much coffee today. Right. Okay, so, yeah, everybody, hey, listen, you know what to do. Just sit back, relax, get yourself a drink. You can get me one, too, as I always mention. And just enjoy this conversation with Stephanie, the CEO, and Mia Williams of the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City. Being a CEO carries an exuberant amount of responsibility, passion, and a great deal of focus. And my interpretation of this position is a person who is selfless, has impeccable organizational skills, and at the end of the day has moments to interface and understand the needs of all who work in that organization. After speaking with Stephanie Koch, the CEO of Boys and Girls Club, BGCAC, I was overwhelmed by the powerhouse she is and her former work experience has prepared her for this extremely multifaceted role. As a third generation resident of the Atlantic City area and focusing on her career with the Philadelphia Workforce Development Corporation, now Philly Works, the Pennsylvania Department of Public Welfare, now Pennsylvania Department of Human Services, and the JEVS Human Services. Koch has returned to her roots and focused her energy and innovative vision on serving the next generation of Atlantic City. In addition to her work 
at the BGCAC, Koch serves on the Greater Atlantic City Chamber of Commerce Board, Atlantic County Workforce Development Board, Work in Progress Foundation, and Atlantic City Arts Foundation. Stephanie considers it an honor and a privilege to be a part of the local community's revitalization, creating opportunities for youth and their families to explore their creativity, fuel their ambition, and build brighter futures. She sees the club as the scaffolding for Atlantic City, standing tall for families to climb to reach their goals and aspirations. So amazing, amazing Stephanie. What, a, what, a, what an awesome background. Now I have to, for a moment, Talk to me, because uh, for the first time I'm coming from the heart, my listeners out there, we have two people. We've never had a dual interview. As we progress into the 21st century, and of course I'm talking about Mia, innovation and technology are morphing and evolving. And by having these skill sets, you instantly separate yourself from others and in essence become quite marketable. Mia Williams has become the innovator and creator, trainer, and believes her position at BGCAC as STEAM director is a natural progression of her own educational journey and is proud to continue working with a community she feels indebted to. Mia is also a native of Atlantic City, New Jersey, who has committed her life to educational service. Since graduating from Stockton University, she has held titles including creative trainer at Apple Technology, tutor at Margate Public Library and high school graphic communications design teacher. Currently, she is also an owner of a small firm that specializes in graphic design and in-home computer consulting and is an elementary school art teacher for Atlantic City Public Schools. In Mia's words, and I love this, Mia, teaching effectively requires moving people and this means establishing relationships offering empathy and obliterating fear it means being passionate and helping others to dissolve their why and requires all this before the lesson begins so what an amazing quote i mean i love that i am an educator a professor my my listeners definitely know that so all i can say is thank you guys for joining us here today and we are super Super excited just to get this interview going. So, lot to said, lot said about both of you. Who would like to start? Stephanie, Mia, whoever wants to chime in and tell a little bit about their journey. Mia, hello. Hi. I love your quote. I love your connection to Atlantic City. There's so much I love about you. I just, yeah, just take it away. Tell our listeners, who are you? Why are you here? And I mean, of course I read the bio, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, uh, as the bio said, I'm born and raised in Atlantic City. I am uh, the grandchild of two, I feel like two of the best educators that dedicated over 40 years of their lives to Atlantic City, to the Atlantic City community. And, you know, I feel like I watched all of my childhood truly be about others. And, and it was so inspiring. I mean, there were instances where my grandmother would always set an additional place setting on Sundays for, let's say, a graduate of any of them, of theirs. And so, like, wow. my family is large primarily because of the children and lives that my grandparents have touched. And I think, you know, watching that throughout the course of your life, 
you have sort of like no choice but to be inspired, you know, to want to be the same and 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 kind of take similar steps. So, you know, now my grandparents have both uh, passed on. So the legacy is heavy and I just try to carry it as best I can. You know, now having this opportunity to work with Boys and Girls Club, as I said, it's it really is a natural progression because I've had an opportunity throughout the course of my docket of occupation to work for one of the, you know, the biggest company in the world with Apple and, and then to at the same time, you know, leave there to teach graphic design in Atlantic city and recently to teach elementary school art kids. And I just feel like this is a true natural progression as to who and how I can make the biggest impact within my community with uh, Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City, you know, kind of a culmination of the tech experience, the educational experience, and now Mm -hmm. having an opportunity, as I said, with the club to really make the biggest impact where I can create the curriculum and then execute that same curriculum. And there's really no ceiling because the institution sees the child in whole and wants to affect the child on a true lifelong experience, not just you're in this grade and we're going to affect you in this grade. We as a club are looking to affect that child's entire life and are looking to see where they go on a level of occupation and how they can impact their community as well. So it's it's goosebumpy even when I talk about it, honestly. Wow. 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 Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I can totally understand. And honestly, last night I was looking up a little bit about Boys and Girls Club because just to get a little bit of background about why and how it, you know, the origin and how, how and what they do for the different communities and how long it's been around, which I really wasn't that much aware of that. So, you know, thank you so much for sharing. So Stephanie, obviously you now are in this new position at the club and it's almost a year for you. I guess, what are you surprised by? I mean, you've been in this world of working with different types of organizations before you got to the Boys and Girls Club, what has surprised you now that you're there? I mean, of course, being a CEO takes on an immense amount of responsibility. And so is there something specific that has surprised you in this position? I'm not necessarily surprised by any means. I'm grateful for the community that surrounds this club. It's almost 50 years old. I think my background in terms of working in politics, working in systems, understanding policy has provided me with the experience to kind of steer this ship, to be honest with you. I'm extremely blessed with an amazing team. Everyone is loyal. Everyone is here because of our club families, and that's really it. In Atlantic City, there's lots of social service agencies, but there aren't other organizations like us. Mm -hmm. And I think over the last year, the Boys and Girls Club has come together to really unite in terms of a vision for impact in speaking to what Mia was speaking to in developing a continuum that we can really arm our next generation in Atlantic City with experiences, with skills, Mm -hmm. with opportunities to recognize their talents and really prepare them for the world that is before them. And I think our staff is really here to hand over a legacy of a community that we believe exists And it's our duty to kind of refine the community and prepare it 
for the children to enter it on their own. So we really see ourselves as that change maker in the city. And when I say the city, you know, please know that the children that we serve are six to 18 years old. They might live in Pleasantville, they might live in Egg Harbor Township, they might live in Atlantic City, but they come to the club. So we don't say no to anyone. And we also recognize that our kids move all the time. They might be living with mom in Atlantic City and then dad in Pleasantville and back and forth we go. We are not a mandated place. Families come to us because they need us, because they respect us, because they know that there's a safe place for them and their children to seek academic enrichment services and connection to employers and maybe just a, a conversation with a mentor. And I think what we've done at the club, and one thing I'm grateful for is we've, we've recognized our flexibility you know, and, and you mentioned you've researched boys and girls clubs, you may have seen in that research that typically boys and girls clubs, there's 500 in the nation mm -hmm. are after school programs. There are 16 or 17 in the state of New Jersey alone. Well, we at March 18th or March 17th, five weeks into the job, I was forced to lay off our staff because there was an executive order to close all childcare centers in the state. Mm -hmm. So we scaled down to a skeleton crew Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, but we still have to be the Boys and Girls Club. Right. I yeah. mean, we still have to work with our kids. Absolutely. So we pivoted to virtual programming. We started doing meal distributions. We started calling all of our kids on a daily basis to make sure that they were okay. We started dropping off things like pizza kits so we could have Sunday supper virtually all together. We wanted to continue their academic enrichment. We wanted to continue that outreach to them. And when I was able to bring my staff back because of the PPP loan, we yeah. sat down and we strategically said, yes, we are an after school program, but we're so much more. Yeah. And we proved yeah. that this fall. So we stayed open. We opened on July 5th for summer camp and we enrolled 150 children across our three buildings. Sure. And then in the fall, we reopened as a safe space for school because the Atlantic City School District did not open. It was virtual. So, and to this day, just even right now, yeah. um, our buildings are full of children who are attending online school. So we've morphed, using me as word, into this community hub place that parents can return to work. They know their kids are safe. They're getting fed. They're talking to our staff who has been trained in trauma-informed case management. They've been shown how to manage the guardian system so children can access their classes. And you know, what better gift could I receive than to be part of that machine that supports this community during this time? So in terms of a surprise, the only surprise that I found <laughs> yeah. was, oh, there's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's going to take yeah. like five, five weeks into a new job. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, all I can say is kudos to everyone that works there. I mean, of course, you're steering the ship and Mia, obviously, is a support person and so forth. But the pandemic clearly threw a wrench into everyone's life. And honestly, I think that really says a lot about your management skills that you were able just to just to do it. No one trained anybody what the hell to do when a pandemic hit. It was sort of just like hands on deck. And what I like what you said, and I think for our listeners out there and for myself as well, because I was doing a little bit of research about Boys and Girls Club and the origin and how long it's been around and in different states and different programs, I feel that it's not just an after school program. It's a program whereby 
kids can come and they can get so much more than like when people say after school program they may just think oh it's kind of like a babysitting service it's like not really an enrichment i mean i know when i was teaching school they had the after school programs and stuff like that and i'm not negating that but this is just so much more so i was like wow it is so much more and the innovation aspect is is, is incredible and that's really key, especially in Atlantic City. I mean, you know, to speak to Mia's role and, and where she came from, you know, in terms of STEAM at the club, you know, we strategically looked at what's happening in Atlantic City now, and this was before the pandemic. How do we create opportunities for our young people to explore Mm -hmm. world beyond them and how do we prepare them for the, for the future the club has had such gifts in the past i mean we have a commercial kitchen at our teen center where we are training the next generation of chefs throughout this city now during the pandemic which you might remember yeah everything closed and the truth is is that we needed we need in atlantic city to diversify our industry and our economy and we need to find other types of jobs to employ our local residents so that they can have self-sustaining careers over time and that's why we've adopted STEAM at the Boys and Girls Club, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. The idea there is, is how can we take this catch-all of STEM, expand it to include art, because in Atlantic City, we have such a rich cultural history that needs to be... That's okay, you broke up a little bit. How can we develop a pipeline for tomorrow of work-ready employees? Mm -hmm. I'm back now. Yeah, a little bit broken up. Seems like a technical issue moment with these crazy Wi-Fi. Welcome to our world of technology. That's you, Mia. But um, Alexandra, just chime <laughs> into the conversation. Yeah. Do you want to continue on talk, telling about Steam and what it is? Yeah. Sure. So, so, so we we've adopted Steam at the club because, and we have not dropped hospitality and healthcare, which are two other career pathways that we offer education and job training and career exploration in. But we believe that we have the next generation of technology experts here in Atlantic City. And the pandemic, we started this before the pandemic. And what the pandemic has proven is that through our education, we are developing that pipeline. What we do at the club is we do job training and career exploration fused with job readiness. So exactly what you're speaking, we're not just an after-school program. Yeah. We're also not just teaching young people knife skills. We're teaching them how to behave in the kitchen, how to collaborate with a team, how to communicate with your supervisor, how to be punctual, right? Like those job readiness skills. So we fuse that with the STEAM program as well. So now we have young people who are coming into the club and they're learning that coding is actually the next fluency that they need to adopt. And by adopting that fluency, they will learn how to build a robot and they will learn how to teach that robot what to do. And by the way, did you know that you can operate this iPhone and it's actually kind of the similar process? Mm -hmm. So, so that's what we're doing. I'll let Mia speak to the STEAM lab, but, but we've adopted that because we want to bring the technological industry to Atlantic City. And we understand that through the pandemic, just like we are in three different locations virtually on an interview, right? Our children can live in Atlantic City in a town where they have roots, where they have friends and family, where they live by the seashore and they don't wanna leave, but they can develop a website for a business in Texas or they can design a logo for a business in California. They could also do that for our local community businesses as well. So our goal is not only to help our children recognize their potential and see what other 
occupations exist for them, but give them a space where they can hone skills, learn skills and recognize their talents and be happy doing what they're doing. And that's kind of what we're doing now with Mia. I, you know, truth be told, me and I knew each other before the Boys and Girls Club. Uh. And when I, you know, engaged her on this and she said, I'm in, I was elated, obviously, because she's perfect. Tell a full story. Tell a full story. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So, I, so as noted, my roots are in Atlantic City or in Atlantic County. I was supposed to be third generation wallpaper installer. Something went crazy and that didn't happen. But I, I did work with my family business for quite some time, supporting them. And my, my grandfather and my father had a, a wallpaper store locally. And I, what do you think? Like five years ago, maybe four years, four or five years ago, I, I helped my parents. They were still using a dot matrix printer. They were old school carbon copies, it was, it was pretty bad. And I, I said to my dad, you know, you should really check out these new Apple computers. They're pretty cool. They'll make your life a lot easier. So I redid their whole business. It was a retail store on Fire Road. And we, we got the MacBooks and, and, a, and an iMac. And then I realized that in doing that, I was also accepting the position of technical assistance for my parents, which was, is not a good mix. No, no. So I realized that unless I found them someone to help them, that we would really have to be separated forever. And there would never be, uh, this would never, this would never work. So I, we found Mia. So we did a search on Google together and we said, someone help me with my Apple. And Mia came up and she quickly helped address any issue my my parents had in terms of computers and in doing so she became a member of our family and and then one day i had a wi-fi connection issue surprise surprise at my own home and mia and i had never met in person and she came over and it took a couple hours to fix and in doing so one child had a lacrosse game i had to bring her to it i left the other child at home with my husband and mia was there so about half hour into the game, my husband comes to the game by himself. And I said, hey, what's going on? And he said, <laughs> nothing. And I said, well, where's Layla, our youngest daughter, who was four then, I guess, Mia, four? Yeah, yeah she was young. Mm -hmm. She's home. <laughs> so I hopped in the car and I ran home and, and, and we found Layla standing by the door with someone she was calling Aunt Mia. And Aunt Mia stayed for Taco Tuesday dinner that night. I sure and did. since then, she's been a member of our family and we don't have any Apple issues anywhere in our family, but we also don't have any Apple issues because it is a, a premier technology that we really appreciate and respect. <laughs> so, so that's basically what happened. So, so enter the Boys and Girls Club. So when I, when I was working locally, I've really been grateful because a lot of my friends are community champions in Atlantic City, and many of them have joined me on this journey. And I have a team of all-stars at this club, I, I will say. And Mia is one of them, and she has gelled with the team. She is full-time with us as of two days ago. She's the driving force be behind the STEAM lab. And, and when she came on, it, we didn't really know what was happening. We had a strategy. The original strategy was to develop kind of miniature Franklin Institutes at each of the clubs, developing again, space for hands-on exploration of things. What is an electrical circuit? How do you design an app? How do we develop a website? And we wanted to figure out how to develop social enterprises also out of the club to help drive revenue into our business model. 
Now, mentioning that Mia actually is really, really intelligent and was the trainer for the Apple store that opened at Caesars or at the yeah. Oh, okay, got it. So, so she wasn't just an Apple consultant. When we found her, it was after the store had closed. And together, we created this, this concept, right? How can we take this, this Franklin Institute idea, turn it into a STEAM lab, and educate young children in robotics and coding that catapults them into this other journey of website development and graphic design. And in turn, would that not only help upskill local businesses, because now it was COVID and now we couldn't order dinner anywhere because we couldn't find our favorite restaurants in Atlantic City because they didn't have websites. So yeah. we said, oh, well, we can help them. We can do this. Enter Senator Gormley. And Senator Gormley introduced us to Lisa Jackson at Apple. And oh, wow. together, you know, we were provided with opportunities to speak with geniuses at Apple that not only trained us in terms of using Apple equipment and the Apple Swift playground mode of coding. I mean, it was a whole, and Mia, please do jump in. I mean, this was a, this was a journey like no other. And now we renovated a building to house a STEAM lab. We've renovated a room at the teen center to house a design lab. And we have children who are building robots and driving them across classrooms. Absolutely. And Apple has recognized Atlantic City. And Mia is at the Boys and Girls Club. So there's a lot of wonderful things that have happened during this crazy time. It seems like you're spreading the good and it's like full circle between helping your community, helping these kids. And I really think you have put them in such an advantageous position. I mean, I really wish I learned these skills oh, when yeah. I was younger. And I think you are morphing the next generation. I, all I could say is congratulations because you're just giving them uh, so many skills that they would have never had if it wasn't for your innovative ideas. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I'll let you respond to that one, partner. Yes. Oh, thank you. Because you know what? I definitely can say, like, if I were to, like, sum up the experience that I know the kids are getting from uh, what they're getting from the STEAM lab and then, let's say, the design lab is they definitely are coming out of this with a, a different type of confidence than they had in past. I mean, to see the transformation in such such a quick process in the young ladies, it is, it's truly mind blowing. I mean, there's a young lady named Kimberly that came into the STEAM lab that was like very defeated, like, oh, Miss Mia, we have to do all these steps. This thing to make this robot, it's what? A hundred steps? Oh, I was like, come on, you can do it. And, and I'm telling you, once she got to, let's say, step 30, she realized that there was, I guess, she found like a therapeutic part about the steps. You know, once she got into it, she put her headphones on, she would just kind of like zone out. And toward the end of the class, she's just saying, Miss Mia, like, this is so peaceful. Like, I love doing this. I was like, I said, Kimberly, are you the same person? Like, what happened? She's like, I didn't know, like, just doing this, just watching it grow. Like I'm doing all the steps and it's amazing. She's like, I didn't even know I could do this. And it's amazing, as I said, to see the process of how they, how the kids evolve and how their confidence grows as they're interacting with 
technology that's just so well done. And again, I don't believe that this will be possible without using products like iPads and robots and stuff like to, to make this relationship possible. And again, once the kids, and God, I'm not even talking about the fact that they're, we're not talking about moving them yet. We're just talking about the fact that them just being, just having the kids being hands-on with good technology. I mean, once Kimberly was able to make the robot move, oh man, like she turned into like a superstar. So the fact that the combination of technology then has the ability to grow confidence and that then kind of ripples out to a certain level of community within, you know, our STEAM lab, it just gives these kids an experience that they've never been able to have before. I mean, now the kids look up to Kimberly as like, she's sort of like the, she's now the helper, obviously for me, because she's the young lady that kind of grabbed the bull and she's running now, you know, with the modifications and, and changes so she can help everyone else. But it also creates a, a sense of accomplishment for her because she walked in the door basically defeated. So again, I, I can't, and so then I'm, again, we're looking at this in such a short amount of time. We're saying this, this is all of within a month. And then I sit here and say, what and who will Kimberly be in five years when she goes through the entire pipeline? Again, we're, we're looking at, we're looking to build young people through this pipeline of success, which is then also layered in a pipeline of occupation. So all I can do is say, who would these kids be and watch out? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see them. I also think too, though, I'm a genetics student and there is this notion of like women in science, mm -hmm. right? And I am excited to have Kimberly part of the field of women in science. Cause I feel like, I mean, you know, until I reflected back or until my mom said to me like, oh yeah, like science is like a male dominated mm -hmm. field. I never thought about it. Like yeah. I'm on, like I'm forging, you know, forward. I'm just doing my thing. And I think the ability to give someone confidence mm -hmm. in yourself, like you, you solve this problem. Like science can sometimes be such a daunting task, whatever field you're studying, but like to say like, hey, I did this. And especially when someone is young and they're in their formative years to give them that confidence, that's like instilling like an innate sense of confidence throughout their life. I just think like, it's yeah. great. I mean, I reflect back to sometimes teachers and you guys, I think are oh, so influential God. in these yes. children's lives. You're instilling confidence in them every mm. day, whether, whether you know it or not. And I just think it's so incredible how like what they'll what they'll be and uh, and maybe they'll listen to this podcast and be like yeah. oh yeah like I was five yeah. I was, that was happening yeah. or I was 10 and and to see where your journey goes it's really exciting fantastic yeah yeah fantastic yeah like Just this the timing of this was really important as well because of course there's a digital divide in any urban area and in rural areas right but we know Atlantic City and we know that there's a there's a poverty challenge here and a lot of that is because of the the lack of opportunity in terms of workforce so what we're trying to do by by developing this pipeline is attract employers to say there could be this other angle but we really didn't have in mind the mental health aspect of this element of the program to be honest with you it's it's kind of fallen upon us and i mean i'm a social worker by trade me as an educator and and certainly that's at the forefront of us and especially 
since I won't speak for you, but we're, we're very strong feminists. So that being said, we're kind of loving this when, you know, there's, there's young girls coming into the steam lab and learning and building confidence. But in COVID being the only provider that was open, the only summer camp in Atlantic city, you know, the window behind me would be open and I'd be on a zoom call and people would say, Stephanie, please mute your screen because we hear the kids playing outside and it would cause a tough, a tussle on the, on the zoom call because some people would say, no, please leave your sound on. We love hearing the giggling and the playful activity. We're not hearing that right now. And at that time, you know, we were thinking at the club, wouldn't it be cool to do a data study, a research project to say, you know, how do our children behave when they return to school? Because at that point we thought they'd be, everybody would be back in school in September. Our kids have been together over the summer. Is there gonna be a difference when they return? And again, we reopened and this, the STEAM lab opened in October. And now we have children who are really thriving and along this whole other path that they didn't expect. In fact, we recently had a recruiter from Atlantic County Institute of Technology come and speak with our kids at the Chelsea Club because they're doing STEAM education here. And does that prepare them for this designated career pathway at the local vocational school, which wouldn't have been an option for them. Their parents didn't know about it and they never thought that they'd be able to enroll. But if we can, again, carry someone along that continuum that leads to a brighter future, you know, to steal our Boys and Girls Club of America slogan, why not? And, and it is, you know, I think we have to give credit to where credit is due. And, and I think Mia did that very well without the availability of what Apple calls the devices, but what I call the magical gifts, it would be a whole different ballgame. Our kids are on Zoom all day using a Chromebook and, and no, nothing against any other types of technology, but now they're using something more intuitive, something different, something that's comfortable, ergonomically a pleasure, but also is a window to a world that they would have never had access to. So there's something to be said to that. Is there any story of a child or someone that you met that you felt inspired by? Well, Kimberly. Well, Kimberly, I know, yeah. I know, but is there anyone else that has stood out or maybe changed you or you felt inspired by? There's, I, I have to say, there are a lot of kids. I mean, but, okay, here we go. So <laughs> we've been talking about, yes, the design lab. However, however, I mean, we've been talking about the STEAM lab. However, I'm going to address a young man that I think has personally impacted me and that is on the older end of the spectrum. And his name is Ahmad Brown. So Ahmad is within the article, you know, the, the Apple Newsroom article. And, you know, I, I have to say, so over the summer, as Stephanie said, we were open for summer camp. And our older kids at the within the club, they they go to the teen center once they turn uh, 14. So our older kids started getting introductory graphic design experience and knowledge starting in the summer. Ahmad joined us, let's say midsummer, and as a, from an educator, like you're always whenever you're looking at kids you know, in the audience, you're always looking for what I call the educational twinkle. And that is like that moment where you know that you hooked them and they're listening and they're hanging on words. And when Ahmad got into class, he changed the feel or the vibe as the kids say within the classroom. Ahmad was ready. He wanted to learn. He is a musician 
uh, through and through, but he also wanted to diversify his toolkit because he wanted to be able to sell his stuff, you know, be it if it is, you know, I don't want to call it a mixtape, but he wanted to be able to make album covers and, you know, provide and, and have YouTube channels, et cetera, for himself. So when we started talking about marketing and design and things like that, he was hooked. And I'll never forget it. There was a day in the summer where we are, Stephanie, myself, the rest of the kind of like leadership team are having meetings. And, and it's sort of like the latter part of the summer and we're having like a talent show. And we legit hear like Santana downstairs playing. And we were like, is this like a voice audition? And <laughs> it's a mod tickling the guitar, singing on the mic. And we're like, holy, you know what? Like he sounds amazing. The fact and the reason why, you know, I, I bring him up is because he's that he's that sort of like diamond in the rough. All he needs is the guidance and, you know, the ability to kind of be pulled through an environment to then have a true shot at the greatness that already lives within him. So, you know, to have him within a classroom and to see him now connecting the visual part of his, I guess you can say, enhancing the visual side of his already natural creativity, it's beautiful to see. And I, I and I I bring him up because he is, it's hard, it's easy, I feel like, to hook younger kids because they are at that age where they are hungry and ready. But to find older kids and to push them and pull them through this COVID environment where, you know, education is it's terrible in my opinion at times for them, but then to continue to have them, to continue to have young people like himself to stay hungry and continue that creativity, it's amazing to see. It really is. And he is the perfect example of STEAM. I mean, so oh, is that what you just- Come on, he, all of the letters. Yeah, like. so, and, and we see that. And again, we're, we're working with children who are under the age of 18, so, why should we restrict them to one of the scene silos? Let's show them everything and see what fits. Um, and, and that's really important. So, I mean, and because of that, you know, at the, at the teen center, right down the hall from the design lab, we're building a music studio because we heard seven, I was serenaded by seven of our young women in the kitchen one day because the acoustics are great with stainless steel and they had nowhere else to sing. So, okay, we got to figure this out. And we did. And now they, they have a proper place to sing and then they can still cook in the kitchen, but nonetheless. And I think that's what the club is all about. It's, it's like figuring out what you like, what you're good at, what you need to work at and you want to work at and, and dabble here, dabble there, but really allow, you know, your role models and the staff here to prepare you for the future. And that's what we're doing in Atlantic City. This interview is beyond incredible. And what I'm thinking about is the people who are going to be listening are coming from the Hart family and obviously um, so, so many more people out there who do not know anything about this, about the Boys and Girls Club. And, I, and what I'm thinking as an educator myself and being in an institution when I was working in, in my grad life in, in a college and I was so technology driven because it was an institution of technology. But when I was even working in my elementary school and my middle school, the fact that you identified, wow, this these kids can sing and now we're going to do this 
That didn't happen when I was in my elementary, middle school world. It was talked about, it was put on the burner, it had to be discussed, but I feel, I mean, I'm sure that obviously it needs to be discussed in your organization as well, but it seems like you identify something and then it can actually happen. And I feel like that is just beyond, like that blows my mind that, that that type of thing can actually be created because you saw a need, you saw a situation, and now it's going to be, it's going to be designed and, and, and there we go. And then how many more kids will that affect going into the future? And what I'm also thinking about is that, you know, this child that you were speaking about and then the other child that you were talking about and going into the next five years or the next 10 years and these kids are blowing it out in these unbelievably crazy careers and then they they come back and they're the ones who will then be the mentors for the new ones coming in and it's this perpetual cycle and I'm sure that possibly is something that you're even thinking about too into the years into the years into the years of where and how this program is just going to be unbelievable and of a child like obviously growing up in Margate growing up in these areas growing up in Atlantic City I am so touched feel so emotional and so unbelievably proud of what your organization is doing this is kudos to beyond you guys this is kudos to my mom who as i'm just getting a little emotional here who had such a connection to atlantic city my dad as well my parents were always educators and they would be so beyond over the moon with what's going on there i mean it's not you know atlantic city had in its heyday and the casinos and my dad could give the history of all the things that had happened and education was always at the core of my life it's the core of my kids life and it is your ticket it is your ticket to where you're gonna go in life and the fact that these kids can come to your organization and get this my god congratulations I don't even know if congratulations is even the word oh my god I just can't so as I said I would love to be involved beyond this podcast just to help out in any which way we can. But I feel like you guys definitely don't need us. You're doing more than an okay job. Well, we, we need we need everyone who is interested in joining this journey. And Alexandra, I mean, I can guarantee you that learning about genetics is something that is not currently on our radar and we welcome a guest speaker anytime. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. And I know. love to help prepare anyone or give, great. or give any advice for college. Cause I would have loved, like I'm a very type A hardworking, part of myself person and I would just say like go with the flow like be be less hard on yourself my brother's going through the process of applying to college and I didn't actually get into Rutgers as a freshman I went to Penn State and then transferred and I mean everyone's journey with college is different best advice though that I would give or say is just you know you don't know what the admissions process is like and you just gotta you gotta try your best but I love how you're implementing programs and I feel like um, in the mainstream public schools the arts and any extracurriculars they're always cut it is always stem well then you have the steam right. but it's it is always the stem 
and encompassing music and encompassing the arts makes you like a fuller person like a richer you know mm -hmm. more well-rounded person and you need to have a balance between mm -hmm. both to understand what you like like i don't think that there's a, i am a genetic student but i don't think that there's a forged path of like i'm so interested in so many things that you know you don't know where things are going to take you and the more that you can learn as a child and the more that you can pick up along the way and the opportunities that you're providing it's yeah, incredible and I incredible. And, and I just I, I would love to come and like meet all these kids I just feel like they're just so inspiring and and we're we're so inspired by you guys yeah I mean one of my questions I give you all the questions of course we got to none of them as I say the the conversation just morphs and goes in all these crazy places but define success for both of you if you want to comment on that success in both of your worlds personal and professional well, I think it's, it's funny. I, I'm entering this, and as Stephanie had mentioned this, I am leaving a career in traditional teaching. I mean, this is literally my second day or third day as being a full-time member of Boys and Girls Club. I mean, I made the decision to make this transition from traditional educational teaching environments because of the ceiling that I felt, you know, was there. And this is an environment where as you said, you can identify a, an issue or, a, or identify an opportunity and then truly grow it to fulfill all of the needs of, of the kids. So for me, success is making sure that that whole child is addressed. So for me, again, success when it comes to occupation is addressing you know, the needs of the kids fully and making sure that I'm able to achieve that within an organization that gives me that opportunity and that's you know essentially why i'm here i think i think success for for me is just having impact and making change in this city making sure that our kids have opportunities to explore to grow and to recognize that they have control over their future and they just need a toolbox yeah. to figure out how to make it work for them yeah. So if we can do that, we're on. But I found success with the blessed team that I have here at the club. So please come and visit. We have three buildings. You're welcome at any of them. We are certainly open. <laughs> so come on down and, and visit whenever you'd like. We want to thank you yeah, both so thank much you. for coming on. We appreciate it. We uh, thank you for your time. And yeah. where can everyone find you? Thank you. You can find us at www.acbgc.org. So Atlantic City Boys and Girls Club. Instagram. Are you on any of the socials? Yes, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook? Yep. Our, our pages are Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find us there. Please follow us. We update everything twice a day, so you'll be able to see smiling faces, uplifting stories, and everything else that's going on. So thank you for having us. This has been wonderful. This yeah. has been so cool. Well, we're so excited and we'll have all that in our episode description Absolutely. and everyone can find you. And you can follow us on Instagram at coming underscore from the heart podcast or on Twitter at CFTH podcast. That's CFTH podcast. We're on Facebook coming from the heart podcast and you can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you stream your podcast. Thank you again, both so much. You've been thank wonderful. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you guys continue your amazing work and XOXO Helene. Bye Thanks. guys. Bye.